Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening, the 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, the five-star revolution heavyweight champion, the interim intercontinental champion, Sick Vic. The master of the Chicago Bear Hug, international professional wrestler who grew up on the mean streets of Southside Chicago, not as tough as Southern Vermont, but we'll... We'll make it ourselves for this episode. Trained by the legendary Dudley Boys at the 3D Wrestling Academy, and is the current BCW Heavyweight Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Michaels is here today. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. I also noticed that you are part of the uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling roster. I am, yes. A uh, member of the Legacy of Brutality. The um, OVW is a very... I don't want to say friends of the show, and then they go like, oh, they've been helping the show out a lot. You a lot of amazing talent willing to come on, and I enjoy watching it. Al Snow's done a really great job running it, and it's just, and I'm definitely going to be watching this Saturday night. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's a really great roster we've got down there, really good crew. Um, Al has, the entire time I've been down there, which is uh, a little over two years now at this point. Um, Al's just been amazing uh, to me, to everybody else down there. Um, we, we've got great shows, great talent, great great production. You know, it's I'm looking forward to this, uh, the Nightmare Rumble on, sun, on Saturday. So how did your professional wrestling journey start? Yeah, so um, mine started a little bit later. Um, when I was 28, uh, I went to a WrestleMania as a fan, uh, ended up meeting Afa, uh, who, who, when, uh, when I met him, he, he just kind of looked at me and was like, Hey, do you wrestle? Uh, and I kind of looked at him, I was like, no, I'm not sure if I could cut it. And he was like, well, you never know until you try. Uh, and that kind of got the the gears turning uh and then literally about a month later i was at a convention in chicago uh had my own podcast at the time uh, my own wrestling podcast at the time and um happened to to have a media badge and got to interview tommy dreamer there and after we finished our interview with with tommy uh we're just just kind of bsing and he stops in the middle of talking. He's like, I, I need to ask you, are, are you a wrestler? And I was like, you know, you're the, the second person that's asked me that. And I, I'm thinking about it now. And he's like, well, he's like, you you really should should consider doing it. Because I was told to hire guys like you when I was uh, running talent relations. So that really was kind of more than enough for me to be like, okay, let's let's go ahead and do this. So I moved down to Florida. Um, picked up from Chicago, moved down to Florida, um, trained for a year um, at Team 3D with uh, Bubba and Devon, and um, Serpentico was one of the trainers down there as well. Um, fantastic, fantastic time. I, I can't speak highly enough of the things that I learned while I was there. Um, and then after my year was up, I decided to sit under a different learning tree. Uh, so I went to the Pro Wrestling 2.0 school um, and that was run by, and still is run uh, by Alex the Pug Porto. Uh, he was uh, talent for WWE in the mid nineties. Uh, he also uh, wrestled in GWF, I believe it was out in Texas. Um, back in the 80s and uh at the time the other trainer there was jesus rodriguez uh who fans know is ricardo rodriguez and i learned so much from jesus uh i consider him a mentor uh i still talk to him to this day uh, we're still friends um that man uh for for what it's worth he, he has a mind for this business that I don't think the general fans understand. 
Um, he he understands the psychology of what we do. He understands um, how to execute moves well. Like he's he really was kind of the the total package. And um, I gotta gotta learn how to work a little bit of the lucha style down there um, and work with some of the lucha guys. Um, and uh, eventually, uh, Mecca Wolf came in as a trainer. Uh, he was um, he was in the the cruiserweight classic um, for WWE. Um, another really great wrestler. He's uh, he's done stuff with uh, NWA more recently. Um, but they had a lot of really great minds there, um, and I really kind of honed my skills and honed what I had learned at 3D at 2.0. Um, and that's, they kind of gave me my first break and my first opportunity because they had a, and they still have a promotion attached to it. Um, so they ran, they ran their own monthly, run, monthly shows and uh, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. So you train, you're a big guy. I mean, it's like you train it with the, did you throw mix a little lucha style in your wrestling abilities? That that must be something. It must be like, like Air Michael is through the air, you know, doing like <laughs> destroyers and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I I can I can do leapfrogs. I can do things like that that some of the smaller guys can do. I just don't on a a daily basis. I don't don't really have a need to do it anymore. Um, you know, maybe every now and then you might might see me pull something out of the the back pocket and just be like, oh, here's a here's kind of a more flashy move. But, you know, it, I think it was important for me to learn how to execute those moves uh, because I'm working with so many wrestlers that are trained like that. Uh, and I'm working with so many wrestlers that are smaller than me that work that style, that if I understand the mechanics of how to do the moves that they're doing, I can better learn how to work with them as they're trying to do the moves to me. Yeah, I can see your point. It's like, it's just like, you're in the ring, you're like, okay, it's like you have the same mind frame as the other person. Say like, okay, you know, if this guy does this, it'd be better if I do this. And it's more of a chemistry in the ring. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's, if a wrestler comes and he's like, hey, I want to, you know, you know, maybe, maybe we do, uh, a hurricane rana spot or maybe i'll do you know do this kind of dive or or i want to do this kind of you know uh flashy you know bounce off the ropes from top third rope to second rope back to the third rope and then flip over i i've trained with guys that that was always in their repertoire so i know exactly going into it like yeah this is exactly how i have to hold you this is how i got a base for you in order to to make this move work and look good but your style is more of a powerhouse wrestler than anything else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, my I based a lot of my moves off of um, older nineteen eighties, early nineties big men wrestlers. So I mean, I, I pulled a lot from Vader. I pulled a lot from Bam Bam. I pulled a lot from uh, Ahmed Johnson. Like a lot of those those big kind of monsters of men that you would see in the ring you know you don't see a lot of those moves anymore um one the because the the size of wrestlers is skewed smaller but two everybody wants to do more flashy things and i can do flashy but that's not really my style i like to consider myself more of a throwback how did you come up with the name steve michaels was it to pay homage to mick michaels uh no you know i it had a good ring to it and um, I, I kind of went with it. I, I have worked with uh, Steve McMichaels. Um, I was fortunate enough, enough to be on a show with him um, up in Wisconsin and uh, got to got to cut a promo on him. Uh, and then I got to got to work a work a spot with him. Uh, and afterwards, I, I remember him coming up. I, I got my nose busted real bad. Uh I had to work three matches in a row that night. Um, and I got my nose busted real bad in the second match. And then I still had to work a third match immediately after that. And I remember after 
my third match, I'm in the back and Mongo comes up to me and he goes, man, WCW would have loved you. Uh, and he shook my hand and he gave me a hug. And, um, you know, that was, that was a really kind of a cool moment for me as, uh, a fan. And uh, as you know, as, as a Chicagoan. And God bless Steve McMichaels though. Uh, yeah. I had a friend of mine, then I saw he had ALS. So of day one to the very end, and it's just, it's it's hard to watch. It's it's a it's a brutal disease, a brutal illness, and um, you know, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I I know he's a strong guy, um, and he's he'll he'll fight this to the end. Um, but I I wish nothing but the best for him. He was he was beyond kind to me. Um, when I met him and he, he didn't need to be. Um, and I, I will always appreciate that. If you had to give a grade to your very first match, what would it be? Oh man. Um, (laughs) you know, it's kind of funny. I actually rewatched it like a month or two ago. Um, and it was, it was at pro wrestling 2.0, um their november show la ultima cena um against a wrestler named sweet thing willie brown um and i i would have given it a d um it's i did a lot of things in that match i i had uh i had no reason to do i i was taking moves that i really shouldn't have been taking um but i mean i think that's that's all a part of the learning experience is you you go out there you do what you learned in training then you get to the back and you're told hey maybe don't do everything that you learned and you've got to adjust things because of who you are and your size and your character and your gimmick and all this stuff but yeah it's it's funny you bring that up because i actually did watch it again recently who would you go to talk to to get like you know like information about your matches like constructive criticism um so it really all depends on where i'm i'm working so um at ovw usually i go to doug basham um doug is my my go-to guy he's become my mentor uh and my trainer at ovw um and he's, he's another guy that's got a great mind for the business and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Um, so I'll go to Doug and be like, hey, Doug, did you see that? What'd you think about, about this? And he'll come back with a, you know, a, a legal pad with notes and just like, hey, when you did this, you know, you could have done that instead or why'd you do it this way? And, um, but if I'm at like a, an indie show, um, if I'm at like uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling uh, in Joliet or Berwyn Championship Wrestling in Berwyn, um, there's a couple guys that I know there that I trust that have been wrestling for, you know, 15, 20 years um, and that are good wrestlers. And I'll go to them and be like, hey, would you, would you mind watching this match? Um, and then they'll, afterwards, I'll be like, any notes? And then I'll get notes from them. Um, so it really all kind of depends on the situation hey al if i could say every five things someone says you need to change how many of those things would you actually change or even consider um i would consider all of them um but i think i think the one of the best pieces of advice i ever got uh was learn what pieces of advice to actually take um, so I'll, I'll kind of take it all in, um, and just kind of let it sit inside my head for a little bit. Um, and then I'll, I'll figure out which ones are actually the right things for me to adjust, um, and right things for me to change. You know, if, if somebody like Doug is coming up to me and is be like, Hey, you really need to do this. I'm 100% going to change it or do my best to try and make the adjustments that I can to, to get to that point where he wants it. Um, but if, you know, um, you know, uh, someone that's, that's not my direct boss, uh, 
is like, hey, you know, maybe if you, you know, maybe you should have done it like this. I'll be like, okay. I'll be like, thanks. I appreciate the advice, but then I'll let it sit. And if I think it works for me, I'll, I'll make the adjustment. And if I don't think it'll work for me, I'll kind of keep it as is. So you're like, you're open for changes, but you know, not, but you have to think about it, not just like an automatic, okay, you know, I'll do that. You're like, you have to sit back and think about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, you can give advice to somebody as much as you want, but unless you fully understand the mechanics of how their body works, the, 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 their weight distribution, the way that they're, they know they're able to move, you know, you, you can't give them 100% like, Hey, I, when you, you do this, I need you to get up higher when that's not physically possible, you know, or, Hey, I, if you got over on this move a little bit straighter, you know, well, if, if that's mechanically not possible for them, you can't make that adjustment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where you just kind of have to pick and choose and learn what, what, what advice is good and, and who to actually listen to. We think some of the most valuable lessons you learned through your years of wrestling. Um, failure happens. Um, no matter how good you think you are, um, there's always things to improve. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's probably the most important thing is, you know, no matter what level you're at, you can always keep getting better. You can always keep learning and finding new things to, to make adjustments on. Um, and, and mechanically refining, um, you know, I, I, and, and honestly, I wish more people would, would realize that, that like, Hey, just because you've reached a level doesn't mean you, you stop there, you know, and Al, Al and Doug say this all the time, you know, what, what got you here, isn't going to get you there. And, um, it's true. It's very true. You know, what, what got me, out of my training school and to other companies isn't what got me moved back home to Chicago. What got me over in Chicago isn't what's going to help me get over at OVW, you know? So, I mean, you, you, you always have to be open to, you know, learning and making those adjustments. That's true. You have to involve everything, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, wrestling is constantly changing it's constantly evolving you know it's um while there it seems visually like there's a lot that's changed between now and you know back in 2000 mechanically not and psychologically not a whole lot actually has changed the presentation of it has changed um but if you break it down it's they're telling the same storylines on WWE today that they were in 2000. Yeah. They're just, they're just telling it different. You know, AEW is telling the same stories that WCW was telling in, in 95. It's, it's all the same, you know, it's, it's all presentation. And I think once, once people realize that, that at, at the end of the day, you know, people, a lot of people want to talk about how, you know, oh, we've got to change everything in this business. And I, I personally don't believe that's the right mindset. You know, a lot of things that were working back then are still working today. You know, my, my finisher is the bear hug, you know, and no one has used a bear hug as a finish since 1994. Uh, nobody on the main TV has used a bear hug as a finish since 94 and um it still works it gets over uh the crowd still pops for it you know um it, it's i i think it's it's the way people's minds in the business have changed and it's not the business itself if we have a chicago bear hug that's different than a regular bear hug don't you think <laughs> 
you know it's uh, mechanically it's it's still the same thing but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher it's a little bit more aggressive it's a little bit meaner but it's it's no different than what you know what you would see vader do this is a mental thing, like right? Chicago bear hug, mental. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's when people hear, you know, it's the Chicago bear hug, it, it automatically, you know, conjures up these these thoughts of just gritty and rough and tough and, and brutal. And, you know, there, there's a reason why I'm called the brutal bear down at OVW and why I'm the brutal bear of the legacy of brutality, you know? It's it's all a mental thing. Yeah, I mean, so you think about the Chicago Bear Hug, first right away you think about Richard Dent, William Fraser Exactly, yeah. I mean you 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 think of all those, you know, those actual Chicago Bears, you know. Um it's it just kind of it just makes sense, you know. And on on top of that, you know, I'm I'm a a big dude you know i'm you know i'm i'm a big dude so when you see you know a giant hand coming towards you and swiping at your face it's like a big bear paw coming in and just a bear swiping at a salmon you know that's that's what it is speaking about the whole mentality of professional wrestling how how much of it do you think in professional wrestling is more do you think it's more mental than physical or do you think it's 50 50 or what do you think because a lot of people are starting to be more mental awareness more mentally aware yeah i think um i would say it's about 60 40 um with 60 percent being more mental than physical um i i can teach anybody to do the moves i can literally teach anybody to take any of the moves, to do any of the moves. But it's when you have to start putting them together and figuring out sequences and and actually learning psychology and telling the story, um, that's where you start to lose people um, because people get mentally blown up, you know? Um, they will, they can understand, okay, yeah, I could give a, I could give a body slam, cool, but okay, when do you do it in the match to make it make sense? Like, that's not going to be your first move. You, you've got to build to it. You, you know, you've got to have a reason that you're actually giving a body slam. You've got to have a reason why, you know, I'll go to the, what's going to make me go to the second rope to go for a Vader bomb. I'm a big dude already. And if you can't take me off my feet, why am I going to leave my feet myself? There's got to be a reason for it. And once you start really thinking about the real psychology of the business and the, the, that part, that's when I think you really start losing people. It's like, it's like a flow to everything. When you say not just knowing, it's like, like, it's like, kind of, yeah, you can know how to play guitar or whatever, but when you don't know how to go with the sympathy, then you're just like, just there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a story. We tell stories. Um, as as many people want to say, oh, it's about the moves. It's about the moves. You know, I've I've watched matches where it's in the time that the people in the ring have done six moves, the crowd outside is still processing the first move of that six move sequence, um, and so the moves don't really matter. You know, when I go out there, um, one of the things I learned from uh, Jesus was learn five moves, master those five moves, perfect those five moves. And if you can perfect those five moves, you can do anything you want. And if you watch any of my matches, I really don't do more than five moves. Um, because I don't need to. I'm able to tell the story of, okay, he's got he's to fight a bear. He's got to try and cut this tree down. He's got to find a way to take me off my feet. He's got to find a way to, uh, to cause me to not be able to hold on to the bear hug, you know? And we'll tell that story. 
and that's all we'll do. Um, and we'll, we'll work 15, 20 minutes and tell that story. And I will go off my feet once. That's like, that's storytelling, you know? That's true. Also, someone your size, who would say anything like you should do more than five moves to you other than, you know, on the internet, being an internet troll? <laughs> you're a big guy. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I think it, it's one of those things where so many people are, <laughs> I had a match recently and it was, it was a match against uh, a friend of mine that I, I've been wanting to work for a long time. And we finally got the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one match. And I came to him the day of the show and I was like, what do you want to do? And he was like, I don't know. I'm up for anything. I was like, perfect. I was like, how do you feel about literally not doing anything at all tonight? And he kind of looked at me and he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, there's no reason either of us really have to take bumps. We can fight. We can brawl. We're going to tell a story. And then when you finally take me off my feet, the crowd's going to lose it. And that's it. The, we'll only have one bump the entire match. And the match worked. The match worked really well. And the psychology made sense. And the crowd was into it the entire time. And you get to the back and it's, you know, we, we worked 12 minutes. And everybody, like nobody realizes that we didn't do anything except the veterans. And the crowd crowd's eating it up. And I get to the back and I looked at him. I was like, thanks. That was easy. We didn't have to do anything, but we had the crowd. And I, I, I think if more people realize that, like, you wouldn't see people taking the risks that they are and killing themselves and doing the insane dives. And don't, don't like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love seeing a really cool dive. I love seeing a cool move and, and seeing that really like big kind of explosive, like train wreck match, but you know, if, if you're able to work smarter and not harder and save your body, I don't see why you shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I will get to your five questions in a moment. Don't worry about it. He always has <laughs> five questions. He always like at 3.30 or a half hour. He's always like, hang on. <laughs> I don't know why he's freaking out the way he is. He's fine. <laughs> What's some of the cities that you travel? What's some of the best and some of the worst that you've traveled to? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm kind of partial to Chicago. Um, it's it's always a great wrestling town. Um, I've had fun in Long Island. Um, I wrestled uh, for Victory Pro Wrestling out there. Uh, it's a great crew, great uh, great show. Um, a lot of those guys are from uh, Create a Pro. Um, that's a fun town. Uh, that's a, that's a fun area. Um, Orlando is Florida in general is fun, um, but you, you kind of got to work for a Florida crowd because they're they you can go to a different wrestling show every night if you want to in Florida. You could work a wrestling show every night in Florida if you really want to. Um, so you kind of got to work for those fans because they've kind of seen everything. Um, you know, I, I liked, uh, I liked working in Texas. Um, that was fun. Um, I've been out, uh, to New Mexico and worked in New Mexico, um, a small town in, in New Mexico. And, and that was a blast, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, like, when you hit the road, you're able to kind of, you see the whole country and you meet a whole bunch of different people um, from different parts of the country, different lifestyles, different walks of life, different ways of living. And um, the one thing I've learned is no matter where you're from and where they're at, like wrestling is wrestling and wrestling is the same, no matter what, like that's an international language that you can talk to people about. And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, like, we know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I believe that some some views in the world today that you know could tear us apart. Wrestling does bring people together. I find that found out firsthand. Yeah, you know it. It's really kind of cool to have um, to no matter where I go. You know, I mean, this past summer I was lucky enough to to go on tour with OVW, and we did we did dozens and dozens and dozens of house shows all across uh, Kentucky and uh, Ohio, Indiana. Um, and no matter where it was, you know, it, it could be a, a mountain town right on the border of, of Tennessee. It could have been, you know, uh, just over the border in, in Ohio. Like they all love the same things, you know, and you're able to, to do similar things everywhere and, and kind of get the same reactions because wrestling is a universal emotion is a universal language. No, you're right. So I got, like I mentioned before, I got these five questions. You're about to meet the smartest three-year-old you ever met. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Even though he's fussing in the background, but that's all right. What wrestling word are you tired of hearing about on social media? Uh, it's either heat or over. Um, I'm, I don't think, I think both those words have kind of lost what their meaning is to the, the fan community. Um, because just, just because you don't like the guy doesn't mean they're not over, you know, just because let's take the Miz, for example everyone's like oh i just i hate him like he's so annoying and i just wish he'd go away like he doesn't have heat anymore that's heat that's heat that's literally heat he he's the he has the most heat out of anybody because literally everybody is saying how much they hate him and how much they wish he would go away and how tired they are of it that's heat he's annoyed you to the point of hating him and uh, and people just think you know it's oh, I hate your town and, and you suck and all that. That's not heat, man. Like that's cheap heat, but that's not real, real heat. You know, like I, I wish, I wish people would, would just stop using that term and, and trying to, to figure out who has heat and who doesn't. Well, it's someone who thinks they're a smart, smart mark behind the keyboard and they can say whatever they want. Yeah. And it's, that's, Look, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna rip them because they they pay my bills. Uh, but I I wish they would, I wish they would learn, like how, how unintentionally ironic they're all being. What's the best wrestling finisher in the game? Other than Chicago Bear Hug. <laughs> you know, um, I. I want to say the F5 has been so devastating for so many years and it, it's such a simple move. Um, I got to go with the F5, you know, I mean, he's destroyed so many wrestlers. He's won so many titles and won so many matches with that move. Like it's hard to, it's hard to think of anything else. I never thought of it that way, but you bring up a lot of points. Uh, he's yeah. six world titles with that move. Yeah, and it's it's a simple move, but he's he's a big dude, and it it, it looks devastating, and it, it's uh, the F five. It's got to be the F five. How many years it's been used for? It's still it's, since he started. Since he started in the early two thousands, like it's it's been consistently dominant, like. Taker, Cena, Rock, like Triple H, like Hall of Famers. He is destroyed. Um, like, I, I think that's the ultimate kind of like note on it. Yeah. Which wrestler do you feel is not being used correctly? <sighs> that's a tough question. Honestly, um, because 
I'll I'll say this. Uh, there are a lot of wrestlers out there that are very good wrestlers, are very technically sound, and um, can get themselves over if given the opportunity. They're just not necessarily given the chance, and I I don't really want to. I don't really want to talk about like names and stuff like that. Um, but I, it's hard to understand what the thought process of, of the front office is. Um, I had the opportunity to be, to do some front office work with pro wrestling 2.0 and it is a whole different world like you can understand the wrestling aspect but then the front office is that's a business you know and if if they think someone's not going to make money and put butts in the seat then that's kind of that yeah the wrestling doesn't matter because no one be interested exactly yeah it's that's that's a, a really tough question for me to answer honestly Name one wrestler that you like to see turn heel right away. Oh man, I so at OVW, um, the former OVW champ Omar Amir, uh. I think he would be an amazing heel if if given the opportunity and he if he was willing to commit to being a heel uh, and OVW is willing to commit him as a heel. I, I There's just something about him. I think he's got the look of a baby, but I think I think you just tweak a couple knobs and, and that that man is just an unstoppable heel. Who would you consider a pioneer in women's wrestling? Uh, I think you got to talk about Lita. You got to talk about Trish because um, they really kind of changed the game. Um, they, they really kind of took it from, you know, just being sex appeal to being like, yeah, we're attractive, but look at what we can do. You know, we can we can do the same stuff as the guys, and you know, Lita's out there doing hurricane ranas from the top rope, and you know, Trish is, you know, out there having you know great matches, and you, you got to talk about those two if if you're talking about the true pioneers of modern day wrestling, female wrestling. After your career is all said and done, how would you like to be remembered? Um, I I would like to be remembered as I don't necessarily want to be remembered for my titles. I don't necessarily want to be remembered for my matches. Um, I would more want to be remembered as somebody who was um, from a business side of things, um, always ready to go, um, no matter where the show was, no matter how many people were in that crowd. Uh, I want to be remembered as the guy that was always ready to go and always gave his all, uh, no matter what the town is, and put on the best match he ever could. Where, um, five years from now, will you see yourself? Uh, hopefully still working. Uh, um, I, I think AEW is doing some cool things. Um, I think, I think that's kind of become the new goal for a lot of wrestlers. Um, a lot of independent wrestlers is AEW. Um, I, I wouldn't turn down WWE. Uh, but I, I, I like what AEW is currently doing. Um, so I would, I would like to see myself there. 
Um, if for some reason I, I have to stop working, um, you know, I, I, I'd love to stay in the business. I'd love to be in production, work backstage as an agent. Um, I've had the opportunity to work as an agent um, for Chicagoland Championship Wrestling up here. Um, that runs out of uh, Michigan City, uh, Indiana. And I've, I love that. You know, I love being able to, to help other wrestlers have a good match, you know, and go to them and be like, okay, what are you thinking? And then help refine what they're doing. Because just because I can't, you know, I can't do a moonsault doesn't mean I don't technically know how to, the mechanics of it work and, and when you should use it in a match. Five years from now, I've also said that the Chicago Bears will be NFC contenders. They just need a couple of pieces. Do you, would you agree or disagree with that? I think so. Um, after cleaning house yesterday, I think they've got more of an opportunity than they did uh, last week. Um, I, I think Justin Fields is is probably the future of our, our franchise. Um, and I've, I've got a lot of hope for him we've got a lot of our defense has always been strong um there's definitely some things that need to be shorn up there but um yeah i you know i i think we we just kind of need to figure out the play calling and i i think they'll they'll be contenders 100 percent well to five years from now aaron Rodgers will probably be retired or somewhere else so the intimidation there factor there green bay is all is gone God, God willing, unless they find another monster quarterback for to follow up him and Favre, you know. It'll be Russell Wilson being signed to Green Bay, but that's <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, it, that's always been a. Those always have been rough games because, uh, backstage at OVW, uh, Luscious Luscious Lawrence is also uh, originally from the Chicago area. And he and I would we'll talk about the Bears and just kind of commiserate together about how how much hope we have, but then it's like, yeah, this is gonna suck. So I didn't know that about him because he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, he's he's originally he's originally from the Chicago area. He's he's also a Bears fan. So tell us about this weekend, the Nightmare Rumble. Yeah, so the Nightmare Rumble is OVW's biggest event of the year um the winner gets a shot at the ovw heavyweight championship uh it's a 30-man over the top rope royal rumble style match um i will be in the nightmare rumble uh this will be my third year in a row um i my first year in the rumble and this is a fact you can look it up uh, I have and hold the record of most eliminations in the Nightmare Rumble history at nine. Um, but it's it should be a really great match. The uh, the main event of it, um, uh, or well, one of the the headlining matches is our national champion uh, Jesse Goddard's Mister Spectacular uh, facing off. Um, uh, for the NWA national title uh, against uh, Chris Adonis. Um, and Earl Hebner will actually be the ref for this match. So that's that's kind of a big deal. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be cool to have two national champions face off and determine who's, who's kind of the ultimate national champion there too. Also, I, I take WWE off out of the statement because WWE is a different machine, entirely different in general. For a pay-per-view price for something, an event like this, $15 in the Fight Network, that's worth it to me. It can't be beat. Um, you know, and, and there's going to be something on that, that show for everyone because, I mean, not just we're not just having a men's rumble for the first time in OBW history. We're having a women's rumble as well. Um, and I've seen some of the names that are going to be in this and there's, there's some names. Um, 
and there's a lot of good talent uh, going to be in this, and it, it's going to be worth your money. If if you get one pay per view this year, OVW Nightmare Rumble is has never disappointed. I think it's good. Nightmare Rumble is going to give the Royal Rumble a month run for his money. I do. I, I think so too. Um, you know, I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased, um, but uh, the Nightmare Rumble is always exciting. I I know personally, I look forward to this this one show every year. This is my my personal favorite show of the year. Um, and we, you know, last year we did you know over a hundred shows. Uh, um, we probably closer to two hundred shows if you counted all the the house shows and all that. Um, but Nightmare Rumble is my favorite. There's always something exciting. You never know who's gonna show up, who's gonna return, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna make an appearance. It's open to everybody. And the fact that you know you've got you know Chris Adonis from the NWA showing up already, you never know who's gonna be in this match. Especially on the Fight Network, fifteen dollars. And if look, if you got Comcast, that's you just say it into your remote, say say fight, and it brings up the network, and you can watch it from your TV, no matter where you are. Uh, if you got Comcast, it's actually OVW that got me working the fight network, and I love it. It you know, Fight Network has been been such a good uh, good partner with us at OVW. Um, you know, I mean we're we've we're on a few other national networks um i think we're on the action channel which uh shows impact and all this stuff but um and a few local affiliates um but man fight has really kind of opened the doors and, and given us a lot more access because you know regardless of where you are in the u.s if you're overseas you we're on the network so you can watch us so other than nightmare rumble what other big events are coming up uh yeah so i mean obviously we've got ovw every uh every thursday um also on fight um that's a weekly we've got two hours live we're one of the i believe we're the only show that has live weekly programming on fight um which is insane I think MLW uh, does the same thing. They might have they might have it now, yeah. yeah but still, um, but still, it's like you know, free events, you know, free shows on Fight Network, weekly show. I mean, I'm not done. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's worth it. it. That's it's worth it. And it's a free app too. It's a free app. Um those those are the biggest things I've got going on. I've got a couple things I can't really talk about yet. Um lined up um for uh march and april um i i will say i will be in texas wrestlemania week um and that's about all i can say with that for now um but i i i wish because uh, i'm literally looking at my calendar over, and there's things i wish i could talk about but i can't yet um but i I will say, um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, uh, expect to see me again soon um, at Rocket Pro Wrestling. Um, and that's because I, I have a plan. Steve Michaels has a plan. And yeah, that's about all I can say about that. Well, well where can people like, find you on social media? So when you make these announcements, it'll be front row and center. Absolutely. Uh, so I've tried to make it as easy and as simplified as possible. It's at Chicago Bear Hug on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can go on there. Uh, I'm Twitter verified, so you know it's, you know you found the real one. Um, and then I, I'll post up all of my show announcements on there. Um, I post up... Um, any any kind of upcoming events, uh, promos, things like that, they're all up on there. Uh, so you'll always know where to catch me. 
Um, you can also, if you're interested in Steve Michaels merch, uh, that is, you can get that on Pro Wrestling Tees. That would be prowrestlingtees.com slash Chicago Bear Hug. Again, trying to keep it all all easy so you can find me no matter what. Um, and if, I've got uh, three different shirts up on there um, and working on a couple couple new pieces of merch as well. So, Well, I look forward to watching you at the Nightmare Rumble this Saturday night. I even have a couple guys coming over. What dream this? Like, it's like a WWE event or something like that. You know? Food that's and everything. That's fantastic, you know, and I mean, it, it, it should be, you know, this out, and this is, this is a true fact outside of SmackDown, OVW is broadcast in more households uh, and is available in more households than any other wrestling show going today. That is, that is a fact. Um, So this should be, when you think of OVW, you should think of it on the same level as WWE um, and the same level as like AEW. Because if you look at the numbers, we're there. We have a, a, a Al Snow, you know, being the captain of the whole train. So right there. Hey, and and man, Al is Al's a smart cat. Um, he's he's crazy. Uh, he I've I've literally seen him talk to head. Um, but he's a really smart cat and he, he knows what he's doing. We've got, uh, we've got good ownership right now. And uh, we even got a, a few things as a company coming up down the pipeline again, to, to kind of just, just keep OVW in your mind. Yeah. But like Albert Einstein, he was insane. And he was one of the smartest ones out there. I mean, was, uh, you know? that's true. He, do you know what he, Al, they're both named Al, you know, Al Snow, Al, Albert Einstein, uh, uh, coincidence, probably, I pretend that it is not. Well, I'm definitely going to be cheering for you this Saturday night at the Nightmare Rumble. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And any like promo videos, any of that you want me to share, just DM, DM them to me and or tag me to them. And I'll share them. I'll share them spread all over the podcasting platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate you coming on today, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. You take care.